This is the Singer's Tension Podcast, the podcast by singers for singers. So welcome, Susan, to the first ever episode of Singer's Tension Podcast. It's so nice to have you with me. Uh, Susan is a soprano in Montreal, Canada, who's currently singing Lucia with Jeunesse Musicale. And today we're going to talk a little bit about anxiety during COVID as a singer and practicing. So the first thing, Susan, is how are you doing within COVID? Are you feeling that it's affecting you? Um, I would definitely say that it's affecting me for sure. Um, But I'm doing okay right now. It's really amazing to be back in rehearsals. That's made a huge difference to how I'm feeling generally and also in music it's really inspiring and awesome and particularly working on an opera that's especially there's very little of opera happening in Canada right now so I I really feel blessed right now and it's it's awesome but it's been a rough time since March yeah that's really awesome that Jeunesse has found a way to keep all the singers they employed for this gig because it's usually a tour across at least north uh, eastern Canada so to find some way to continue to employ you, but I know that you have lost a lot of contracts and things have fallen through the cracks, right? Absolutely. I did lose a lot of work um, and that was really painful and also really stressful, of course, um, financially and just having uh, things to focus on in life. And um, of course, you know, musicians, we work so hard, we dedicate so much time. So when we have opportunities to perform, it's not just a job for me. It's really feeds my soul. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, it was really hard, particularly this one job that I lost this summer. I was supposed to sing, be singing my very first Lucia, um, which is a dream role for me, one that I love so much and that I've always wanted to sing. And it suits my voice really well. As you were referring to, the project has been salvaged to a degree we are doing Um, a digital version, which is really great. And I'm really happy about that. But of course, I am a live performer. That's more of what I do. That's more of what I really love. Um, So that was quite devastating. Yeah, so that's a good point. I know that you just had one of your rehearsals for Lucia. And the rehearsal process was totally different. We're having to follow these guidelines. We have to wash our hands all the time, sterilizing props in between using them. Um, we have to wear masks and we're not allowed to wear our own masks. We have to wear the special little blue medical mask ones and we have to change them every few hours. I don't, I don't remember what they're called, but you know the ones I'm talking about. And, um, and distancing, of course. The toughest adjustment, and I think my colleagues would agree with this, is that we have to wear masks all the time. So it's not just in between singing. We have to wear masks even while we're singing, which is weird. It feels a bit uncomfortable. Um, You don't sound the same in your own ear. You also aren't getting the same full resonant sound from the other singers. Um, You feel the mask on your face. You're conscious of it all the time. Of course, I'm trying not to let it change what I'm doing, but inevitably at the beginning, it's going to be an adjustment. We have to deal with, so in order to deal with that, I have to trust the sensation rather than the sound. It's the same idea as when you sing in a bad acoustic, right? You don't change how you make the sound just because you hear yourself differently. You focus on the physical action and sensation in your own instrument that creates the sound. 
So we're all working through it. It's going to be fine, but it has been a bit tough for sure. Yeah, that's so hard, especially singing is really symbiotic. Like even if you don't know anything about opera and you go and see an opera, there's something in you that relaxes, especially around your vocal apparatus when you listen to really good singers because their body has relaxed everything through their throat. So then if you go into a rehearsal process and like you said, you are missing hearing those overtones and the full sound from the other singers, whether you're aware of it or not, you're probably having a bit of a symbiotic relationship of like maybe tension or a lack of space because you're, you're feeding off of what they're producing and giving to you and it might not be the best feeling in your body. Have you noticed that? That's, I A little bit, yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, I'm really lucky because all the singers in this cast are really good. <laughs> so I think they're managing really well with the masks. Um, so there's not so much weirdness happening technically. It's more just the sound. I really miss the sound, you know, being in a, in a rehearsal with other good singers. It's so inspiring and so motivating. And it, it's just such a pleasure to listen to, to good singers. So it's also just that the sound is a little bit muffled. So it's not quite the same experience. Are you feeling like you are able to make as beautiful sounds and as artistic of singing as you want, or you feel like that's impacted by the masks? It's, it's getting easier. It was definitely impacted by the mask the first couple of days. Um, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm finding ways to work with it now and it's, it's much less of an issue now. It was just a matter of getting used to it, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with acting, you said that you have to wear it even when you're acting. So yeah. So that's there. <laughs> so that is also really weird. Um, yeah, we have to play off of each other. We're telling a story and we're playing characters and we're playing off of each other and we can't see each other's whole face. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a bit strange, but it's been a, a good challenge as well. Um, because when you're acting, your whole body is involved, right? In the, embodiment, in the embodiment of the character. It's not just your face. So it's forced me a little bit more to be conscious of that. Um, and of course, our director is giving us a lot of feedback on that as well. So I remember being at Opera Nuova and there were these clowning classes where you put on a mask so no one could see your face and you had to do a scene just using your body, which felt very silly to be that dramatic. And I don't think it would be appropriate in many roles to be so animated with your body, but it really just stretch you past what you feel comfortable with because on stage, everything is minimized to the audience. So you do have to be larger and we don't really think about in our day-to-day -day life, how is my body manifesting being tired or being angry? And then when you're put in a place where you have to think about only showing that in your body, it's a really interesting and useful technique to develop your physicality within acting. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. But it does it's suck you can't see their faces. <laughs> it does. It does suck. I'd really love to see what my colleagues are doing. <laughs> and in terms of when you're going to practice, have you noticed that with COVID and everything that's going on, you feel a little bit less incentivized? Um, yeah, it's, it has been really tough. I definitely have dealt with feeling um, not, not incentivized. Right now, like I said, I'm in rehearsal, so I feel okay right now, but it's been a roller coaster since March. I've definitely experienced all the negative feelings 
for me, the toughest thing has been the unknown. That's created a lot of anxiety and anxiety is an enemy for a singer. Of course, it's sometimes something that singers deal with because it's a stressful life for a lot of reasons. Um, but it is something that I've had to work through, especially the last few months. It's been really tough. There are thoughts in my head that don't help me. Thoughts like, it's pointless. Your career is over when it's barely started because the industry's collapsing and it won't recover. Also, feeling that it's a bit futile, like singing isn't important in the, in the face of a huge health crisis, which isn't actually something that I believe. I think art is something that makes life so meaningful, and I think it is really, really important. But sometimes that thought does come into my head and that makes it hard to be motivated to practice. And I'm sad it's going to be a really long time before I get to be on the stage in front of an audience. It's a lot to, uh, a lot left unknown and a lot lost. Yeah, it's tough. And when you go into practice and there's nothing on the horizon that is concrete that you know you need to prepare for. I mean, October, this is really when classical singers are doing all of their auditions and most of these companies have just canceled the next year so then you're like oh well why am I going to practice when I know that there's basically nothing I'm auditioning for for the next year and even then you don't know what that's going to look like you know will we be able to perform in person is this going to go on for two years but then on the other hand, if you're not practicing for a year because you just don't see the point, then your voice really does suffer. I mean, it's not just something you can walk away from like a bike and come back to a year later and be in the same place. It's really more like being a Olympic athlete and needing to be on it very, very consistently. Absolutely. Anxiety isn't just in your mind, right? You as an Alexander technique practitioner, you know that probably better than I do. Um, it, translates, it translates into your body. It affects everything. It affects your posture. It affects your breathing. It creates tension in your body. And as a singer, your body is your instrument. Emotions are physical. They don't just happen isolated in your brain. Um, I think we live in a society where we tend to intellectualize things. So we give more power to the thoughts that come with our feelings than we do to the physical experience of them. You can't just decide mentally that now you won't be anxious. You can't just say to yourself, I will not be anxious now. I have to practice. Or I'm now going to do this thing in spite of how I feel. I mean, we do have to do things sometimes that we don't feel like. But for me, it's more a question of whether we do those things in cooperation with our physical state or whether we work against it. So for me, I have to acknowledge how I'm feeling and include, the sense, and include in my acknowledgement of that the sensation of it through my whole body in order to be able to address it and correct it. Like what's happening in my neck? Are my shoulders collapsing? Is my jaw tight? Am I holding my breath? Am I holding muscles that are in the way of me being able to breathe fully? So it sounds like you're using mindfulness before you go into like this aggressive, intense singing for Lucia and whatever you're doing to check in with what is happening in your body. And I do think acknowledging it is important. Do you find that just through acknowledging, oh yeah, I feel anxious, I can tell like my jaw is tight, that you're able to release it? Or what is your process with going from, I know I'm feeling anxious or frustrated to being in a physically open space for singing? Okay, so probably after I'm, I, I'm doing the scanning all the time. So after I've addressed the things that I notice by trying to consciously release muscles or adjust my posture, um, I'll 
I'll, I'll start off, uh, if I'm feeling really bad, I'll start off a, uh, a practice session by doing some breathing exercises. Um, I might meditate, which might help me to notice other things in my body that I wouldn't have noticed before. And it also, of course, calms my mind so that I don't have these negative thoughts feeding how I'm feeling. Um, but one of the things that I do, I would say pretty consistently um, as part of my warm-up, even when I'm feeling well, um, I'll do yoga and I find that that's really helpful. When I take a breath in singing, I try not to think of it as taking a breath. Um, it's more allowing the breath to come into my body. So the, the purpose of the exercise is to find how my body will inhale naturally without me trying to control it. So it's really just contracting all of the muscles and then releasing them in order to allow the air to come in. And I'll do that over and over and over without taking breaks in between to breathe differently. And I find that this really relaxes me, but also engages that process. I really love that actually, the thought of your breath is coming in, not because you are taking a breath, but it just is a, a reaction to releasing muscles that this breath fills you. Um, most singers mm -hmm. have such a hard time with how to breathe properly. And then we get told, oh, you have to breathe in from your stomach or your back or your shoulders are moving. Don't do that. And it becomes this game of manipulating your body. When in reality, if you are having a huge physical movement as you breathe in, it's probably because you have tension in the wrong places. So if you think of it as the breath just comes in and you say, oh, but my shoulders are moving a lot then that's a sign that, okay, maybe you need to look at the tension and the alignment in your body that's causing your shoulders to have that reaction. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Um, I think really so much of what we do just comes down to breathing, not just for singing, but for everything we do, right? And I, I think there's also this rush for a lot of people, that, especially anyone who wants to be a professional musician, to improve and be at that 100%, I'm ready to go, I'm a perfect singer right now. And when we talk about body work and breathing and meditation, this is a slow process. You know, that's you sitting in whatever's going on in your body and changing things with your mind, which is your psychophysical relationship. And that work is not fast because it's basically saying, okay, I, they, I know what my habit is, and now I'm going to choose to release or inhibit that tension and choose something else and sometimes that process is a very long one and then we're like well i didn't even sing today so did i even practice but actually you did because you're dealing with your body your instrument and that needs to be dealt with in terms of alignment and relaxing before you can make a sound or the sound's just going to be tight body awareness is really important for singing <laughs> that's basically it just a period <laughs> uh, I, I mean that is what it comes down to for me it's a constant process and then that's the thing it, it is constant so you can't just say oh, I'm gonna be aware of my body for 45 minutes a day while I sing well whatever you're bringing into that singing rehearsal is what you've been doing the other 23 hours of the day so yeah if go to bed every night and you sleep on whatever kind of mattress you have and you wake up and your neck is tight and you feel misaligned. Well, that was just, you know, up to 10 hours. I don't know how long you sleep, but 10 hours of you sleeping in a position 
that has just put your body out of alignment that you have to deal with before you go into singing. So when I was talking about um, working with your body instead of working against it, this is kind of what I was talking about. Because whatever you've been doing, whatever's been going through your head, whatever's been happening in your body, that's what you have to bring into your singing. And if you don't have any awareness of what's happening and you just try and push through that, it's, it's not going to work as well as it could. Yeah. It literally becomes just like slamming your head against a wall and asking yourself, why am I not getting better? I'm practicing. Well, mm -hmm. you're practicing the wrong way. Totally. So kind of a, a shift here, but I really think that this is an interesting dialogue that's happening in the world right now, especially on social media, is the idea of, oh, we're in a pandemic, we're all stuck at home, you have all this free time, you should be using it to achieve more, you should be working harder, versus the other side of things that say, well, you are living through a pandemic, that's already very mentally stressful, why don't you give yourself compassion and just move through this time with that awareness that, okay, things are really hard. Maybe I shouldn't expect so much of myself. And how do you feel like you fall in that two ends of the spectrum? Um, so as an artist, the work is never done, right? Um, and sometimes that's inspiring and sometimes that's really overwhelming. And I think particularly during the pandemic, it's been more so overwhelming than inspiring um, because I just haven't been feeling great um, because of the state of the world and the state of the industry and with all of my future work in a really precarious state. Um, a lot of my practicing really is something that I have to, I don't like to use the word force, but I do have to make a decision to do it. And it's not always something that I feel like inspired to do. Um, and it does come up a lot in my head when I'm not practicing that I should be practicing. And if I practice, so I, I find that one way of dealing with that that's really effective is that I say, I tell myself when I'm going to practice and I really focus and I really dedicate my time. I try to be as distraction free as possible during that time so that it's really, really effective practice time. And then when I've done my work, when I've put in my time and I've done what I need to do, the work isn't done, but I can, I can still close my score and walk away from it. It's, it, it can still be done for the day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, the more that I adhere to consistency, the more I'm able to abate that kind of guilt that I'm not working hard enough. And I do, I really think that balance in life is, is so important. Music isn't everything, but also having a balanced life, having other things that you care about, um, makes you a better artist. It's, it's for your, for your well being, for your mental and physical health, which we've talked already about how much that affects your singing. It's also so that as an artist, you have something to say when you make music. Uh, I think music connects people and it's communicative. And how do you relate to a character in an opera when all you've done is practice and study, right? Yeah. Your perspective that you bring to a piece matters to the interpretation. And if you haven't lived, then you don't really know what it means to be human. You, you're missing that whole part of the picture that is so connective with your audience. Um, I think when I, when I sing, I'm telling a story as much as I'm making music. And if I haven't lived, I don't understand why I'm telling the story. 
Yeah, I have a lot of strong feelings about being able to act, especially as an opera singer. You absolutely need to have something to draw on. And if you study Uta Hagen's way of acting and, and some other amazing acting teachers, this is called transference. You take something in your life that makes you feel the emotion you feel you want that character to be portraying at that moment and you apply it there. So even though the audience sees a character living the circumstance of A to B, you're actually relating something completely different in your own life that applies. And without that, without that life experience, all you can really do is play your character as someone who compulsively studies. <laughs> maybe maybe every <laughs> character is OCD, which is a choice, <laughs> but I don't think a choice you would be making if you were yeah. able to I don't do it know. better. I don't know how many opera characters would would be like that. No, it's true. And even if the character, even if you can't personally identify with everything that character goes through or everything that triggers their emotional um, their emotional story. Um, just living your life and experiencing things makes you better able to empathize and understand where that character is coming from, even if it's not something that you can directly relate to. But yeah, the more, the more of life you experience, I think the more, the more dimension you can bring to a character. Yeah, and that really brings it back around to this idea of do I practice more because I'm in a pandemic and I have free time or do I practice less? And as you said, choose a time to practice. I think it's important to make it a regular thing like going to the gym or when you eat lunch. You know, find a way to fit it into your life that you can do a little bit every day if that's what fits, but consistently. And then mm -hmm. say, okay, I acknowledge that just because I'm not singing right now doesn't mean I'm not learning something that can be applied to me as an artist. Like if you are practicing body awareness all day, you are practicing all day. The more you align your body while you wash the dishes, while you brush your teeth, the more likely that is going to be integrated into your singing and allow you to move completely freely on stage without compromising your singing apparatus. And then look at how you're reacting to this pandemic. That's also something you can draw on as a singer later in life when you do a role where the character is super anxious. This is your moment. You should be paying attention to how you feel right now. And that's, that's maybe a really useful perspective um, to think of uh, the hard times that you go through as being informing for future work. That's kind of cool. I don't think about that very often, actually, but that is really, that's really compelling. Maybe I should think more about that. <laughs> yeah, it's something to play with, I think. And then finding time also to just be happy and be a person. Uh, I know many singer friends that have a perpetual fear of if I don't make it as a singer, I, I don't know who I am. And that comes back to the point of, okay, well, you really need to, need to explore who you are so that you can bring more to being an artist, but also so that during these times where everything else falls through, you still know what brings you joy and you can use those as coping mechanisms for feeling this anxiety. Like, I know that I love to play with makeup and watch horror movies. So, <laughs> I feel like, you know what, I'm just going to spend some time doing those things. 
and then I'll maybe I'll practice tomorrow because today I'm just not in the right mental space and being okay with accepting that like yes it's important to be consistent but it's also important to honor where you're at in your mental health and how you're feeling and make choices based on that that's so true it's so true and sometimes honestly the best thing I mean you, you have to practice a lot but sometimes one of the the best solution when you're practicing is actually to, to step away from it. Sometimes you do need to take a break. Sometimes if I, this happens sometimes when I'm practicing too, on a smaller scale, if there's maybe a couple of bars of a piece that I'm working on that are really technically difficult. So I, I go over and over and over again, and it's really not working. It, it can be really tempting to just keep going over it and over it and practicing it to death. But if it's not working, really all I'm doing is creating muscle memory for a bad habit. So mm -hmm. that's, that's a moment where I need to step away and say, okay, this isn't perfect. There's a lot of work that I need to do on this and I am going to work on it. But right now I need to step back because the next time I approach this, it needs to be in a different way. And I don't know quite how to do that right now. Maybe I need to be in a different place. Um, so yeah, sometimes taking a break and moving on to something else, whether that means working on a different, different part of the piece or working on different music, you don't necessarily stop practicing in that case, but you, would, you walk away from those few bars. And sometimes you do actually need to just walk away from practicing. Sometimes you need to take a day off and sometimes that is the best thing for you. If you're really not in a good mental state and you don't absolutely need to practice that day, it's okay to take a day off. What's fun about this pandemic, if you can say that, is if you notice this absence of a desire to practice or to sing, then start really approaching it like a game. I say this all the time to my students that when you go to practice, play, see what you can do differently. And if you only take one page of music that day, how many ways can you come about practicing this? Can you do it once the first time only thinking about releasing in your jaw? The second time, can you do it all on a witchy sound, etc., etc.? You play with things. And I know you and me and Geoffroy, your partner, have talked about the singing teacher you work with that had you lay on the ground, which is so funny, but also beautiful <laughs> because it's like, okay, we don't have to be standing up to find our voice. We, I mean, when you're on stage, you don't stand like a stick. It, we shouldn't anyways. So mm -hmm. how can you play with your practice today? And I think when you come at it with this silliness or this interest, you become more interested in practicing because it's fun. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. It's so funny because there are so many singers have this reputation and for good reason participating in all these really strange exercises, making weird sounds. Like sometimes I just make animal sounds or I just yell or I buzz or I, I hum. I just experiment with sound. It's not music. It's just making sound with my body and seeing how that feels and discovering uh, what I need to do to create certain colors and certain sounds. And it's just familiarizing yourself with your instrument and playing and finding things and discovering. And that can be really inspiring and wanting to work, but it also helps you technically, right? And a lot of the time when we're doing these weird things, like for example, singing while laying on the ground, it's not that singing on, and while laying on the ground is achieving something specific. It's just that it's approaching creating sound from a different place. So you're gonna feel things that are different. You're gonna find things that are different and it may be constructive and it may not, 
playing is so important, as you say. I think there's a lot to be found, and that can be really refreshing when you approach um, practicing, but it also helps you find things that can be really useful. Last question kind of built out of that is, is there anything you do, any exercise or silly thing you've done in your practice that maybe you would recommend other people try? Uh, I sometimes lip trill. If I feel like I'm not in my body when I'm going through music, I will lip trill because you can't lip trill without engaging your breath. It's physically impossible. So it's one way to get that moving. Sometimes I will actually buzz through like an entire piece without stopping. Um, and sometimes I won't breathe in the places where I plan to breathe. I just keep buzzing through it right to the end of my breath. And I find that can really wake me up and get things engaged. Yeah, I like that too. I, I also do that. And for anyone who is not, you know, more advanced singer, when you start to do lip trills, I think it's important to watch if you are tightening your jaw, just trying to end game to get the trilling of your lips. Because if your jaw is tightening while you're lip trilling, then when you go to sing that, there's also going to be a tightness in your jaw still. But if you can release your jaw as you're doing it, that's a huge benefit to just bringing your air all the way through the music and then going back through maybe and choosing to still breathe where you wanted to breathe, but thinking about continuing the singing so you get longer lines. It's true. And everything, in all of my warm-ups, I try and be aware of what I'm doing. And of course, when I'm lip trilling, I'm not going to be doing all the same things physically that I do when I sing. I will try and release my jaw and, and everything, but uh, it's, it's of course not the same thing as singing. When I actually sing, I'm not doing that. The purpose of my lip trilling is just for the the breath and the long phrases and engaging the body. I love that. Thanks, Susan. It's just another tool for you to use in your practice session. Thank you so much, Susan, for joining us on the Singer's Tension podcast. I'm Jordan Erickson, and we hope that this inspires you to go out, sing, and make music. <laughs>